0: Welcome back to The Lead, a podcast about content marketing by Copyblogger Media. I'm your host, Jared Morris. If you want to get a content marketing education while you work out or while you're driving to pick up the kids from school, this podcast is the way to do it. In this episode, Damian Farnworth joins me to continue our series on the 11 essential ingredients of a blog post. And this is one that just may kill your content if you are not locked and loaded with your strategy. I'm speaking, of course, about bullets. And if you want to begin writing better bullet points today, keep listening. Bullet points serve two primary functions. Number one, make your copy easier to read. And number two, allow you to highlight specific copy points. But just because bullet points are simple, it doesn't mean that they are simplistic or easy there are a number of sophisticated ways to use bullets that make your copy killer we're going to discuss those today and there are also a number of things that you want to keep in mind when it comes to formatting your bullets to make them seamless parts of your copy so Damian let me kick it over to you why are bullet points absolutely
1: necessary for online writing bullet points provide a Avenue to, to sort of break down. And they're essential for the readability part of online writing. So you have a web page and you have people, most people are going to skim and scan that copy. So bullets provide that opportunity that people can see something and see something in a formatted point that's the kind of staccato that is. Short, that is easy to scan and read. So it provides a, an opportunity to kind of highlight, stop the eye, because people are going to hit, you, if they like your headline, they're going to hit your page. They're probably going to read the sentence. But before they do anything, really, they're probably going to scan it. And so bullets just really kind of provide that opportunity to stop people, get them sort of interested in what you're writing. Same sort of idea behind sub-headlines. You know, they provide the, a, a sort of a landmark to stop people and get them to actually read what you're writing they're a great opportunity to kind of entice and to tease people and give them what you want to do with the bullet is not to give away the farm it's just so like uh for instance i've seen this so many times um through ads where they're sort of they're giving you pieces of the they're they're basically giving the product away so like a bad bullet point is this bullet point where you kind of tell people, like, here's the promise. Because we talked about, we, you know, Robert Bruce talks about this in that um, his uh, eight quick tips for writing bullet points people actually want to read. And he talks about the two things that are essential are brevity and promise. And so the brevity is this part that it's short. You don't, a long bullet point sort of defeats the purpose of doing the bullet point. But that doesn't mean that it has to be like two or three four or five words. It needs to be. Um, long enough so it's readable. But it also needs to provide some sort of promise. And that's the part we talked about, the tease. And like where I was going earlier, it's this idea, like, you'll see people who write, bad bullet points are where you make a promise and you tell people that, for example, it's, you know, I, I, I could say something like, um, I wrote an article a couple of years ago called The Dirty Little Secret to Seducing Your Readers. And I gave some examples of this where, you know a book with a dust jacket that explains what someone needs to do to eat right or a sales letter that unpacks the secret to raising brilliant children and the and write in the letter that give away the sort of tips and the tactics and then a video that demonstrates the best ways to save money for your child's college education and they give you every you know all of the the all of the reasons or are the uh, methods to do that or you know a movie trailer that spills like all the best lines you know, the funniest jokes, the most exciting plot twist. You're not giving anybody anything to want to. You appreciate the information, but the problem is you don't, you don't, you don't end up going any further. You don't end up buying any of the products because they've told you everything. So a good bullet point teases. For example, like say you're writing and you, you know, your readers they want to run a marathon in four hours, right? So then you would tell them Do you have a 17-week training program that will get them across the finish line in three and a half hours, but will also prevent them from dehydrating and allow them to recover in just one day with some little trick. But you don't tell them what that trick is. Or if you've got, got like your audience is dealing with crippling insecurity, you can tell them that you you have a way to transform them to robust, productive human beings in, in seven days by thinking these three thoughts, but you don't tell them what those three thoughts are. Uh, you know, say your audience wants to live to be a hundred, then you might tell them you figured out exactly how to do just that with the right combination of exercise, food, and vitamins. But you don't tell them what those exercise, food, and vitamins are. Um, so, D- Damien, Damien, let me
0: yeah. stop you real quick here because what you're describing to me. It sounds like you really want to think of your bullet points like they're headlines, like they're all little mini headlines. You know, you talk about brevity and promise yeah. and and Robert even talks about that in his article that obviously you're not going to achieve, you know, not every bullet point could also serve as the article's headline, but that if you think about them and infusing them with that quote-unquote headline ability, then you're going to be on the right track with your bullet points.
1: Exactly. That's a great way. Like I mentioned earlier, they are in essence they're they're sort of serving another function of getting to, to stop the reader again with inside of the actual article, you know, from the head of the headline to the actual article. This it's, they serve the same purposes as subheadlines and um, as the bullet points do. And so this is kind of sort of related to to another topic that I've written about too. Is what we call these internal cliffhangers, um, which is nothing more than just create. I mean, we know cl- cliffhangers from episodic TV shows, right, where the, sh- the show ends with the hero, the heroine, some sort of catastrophic sort of event, and we, we're not sure whether they're going to die or not, right? Well, the internal cliffhangers is serving the same purpose, but more subtly. It's not as dramatic. You see this too in books, the end of chapters, you know, novels, they'll end the chapter with something dramatic happening, and you're like, what in the world is going to happen here? But you can do the same thing like with internal cliffhangers, which the bullet points can serve that purpose too, where you know you can you you sort of roll out some curiosity, um, you know, that makes people think, well, what's going to happen next? Or you sort of you make a bold claim at the end of a paragraph that strikes people as audacious, and they'll stick around to see if you can actually pull it off. Or you can even use humor, in which you know the jokes inside your knee-slapping posts are, are are killing the readers, and they want more. And you know, or you can do like. Like sort of use amazement in the sense of like set up some ridiculous scenario where uh, your your readers will wonder is 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 you know he or she really about to do what they suggest um, so yeah again it's it's the, the idea of the headline of getting them just to keep re- reading within the bullet point within the uh, within the copy within the sub headlines
0: right yeah it's it's not always just a list that you're breaking apart you really want to think about it strategically and like you said use as an internal cliffhanger you know um i think it's also very important to make sure that you format your bullets correctly and so let's talk about that a little bit Mm -hmm. um and i know just from an editing standpoint you know it's one of the things that i really pay attention to is how bullet points are formatted so for example each bullet needs to be the same type right this is for the readability part of it you don't want to put a statistic on one line a long explanation on the second bullet and then the third one you know kind of a random link there's nothing you know, th- there's no symmetry there, right? So I think you really wanna make your bullets symmetrical for the most part. You also wanna start them out the same way. If you're using verbs, use the same tense of the verb. Mm-hmm. You know, you really it it'll, it's really a stop down place for a reader when they're going down the bullets and you're changing tenses or you're changing formats. Again, it's about readability. You know, like, like Robert says, you want them just sliding down the page like they're on a water slide. Right. If, if your bullets are jagged at all, if there's those differences, you might stop them. And then the other thing, you you talked about brevity, and you do want to keep your bullets short. Now, there's nothing, you know, sometimes you're going to have longer bullet points, and I've seen it work where a bullet point is a longer sentence or even two or three sentences if they don't go on forever. But if you're going to do that, think about your reader. And one way to make a longer bullet point work is to almost give the bullet point, a headline a, a hmm. two three four word little headline at the beginning that you put in bold and then That's maybe right. use a colon or a dash you know and then put the rest of it out there so it again it it adds another layer of breaking it up and you can even scan the bullet points um, so you know so if you are going to use long ones think about that to to keep the readability there do you have any other specific
1: formatting tips like that that help Yeah, I think it's uh, important to realize that bullets, like headlines aren't necessarily sentences. So you can use fragments, and that's what sort of you're getting at with the verbs. But, you know, if you want to write complete sentences and stick with a paragraph or a numbered list. Um, But, yeah, and also, you know, avoid sort of bullet clutter at all costs. And it's it's this idea of where you have, you know, one that's, you have sort of subtitles and then, you know, bullets and then sub-bullets. So there's this kind of, cascading uh, effect that goes on there. That doesn't really work. It sort of defeats the purpose. So stay away from those sort of things.
0: I like that term bullet clutter. I want to start using that. (laughs) right. That's a good one. Okay, so... Let me ask you this, Damien, as we close up this episode of The Lead, if you were going to leave everybody with one tip, one, and obviously we're going to put the links to, to Brian and Robert's articles in the show notes because those are must-reads when it comes to bullets, mm. um, what other specific tips would you give to the listeners that, that they can use to make them better at writing bullet points today?
1: I think what they should do is go out and look up a guy named Mel Martin. He was a copywriter who's probably the, one of the greatest copywriters that nobody knows about. But um, he he basically um, put his name on the marketing map through bullets. His copy is unbelievably powerful. It's unbelievably persuasive. And so his trick, though, was not just bullets, but his trick was just sort of he went for the, the he went for maximum anxiety, go for you know, going for the kind of the emotional juggler. This is the stuff that he wrote. He write stuff like, you know, who, what never ever to eat on an airplane? The dirtiest, deadliest airline in the whole world. How to get VIP treatment in hospitals. In parentheses, all pa- patients are not treated equally. Cruise ship rapes. The uncensored facts, which even the news media won't touch. How to find out if someone has a past, criminal record, bankruptcy, or whatever they're hiding. The little no casinos in Atlantic City and Nevada that offer the best odds. Deduct the cost of your hobby as a business expense, even if you never show a profit. So this idea of kind of getting into our subconscious and bringing that out with these these sort of fearful scenarios um, that excite the reader. So find him. His ads are all over the Internet. Just look up Mel Martin, copywriter, and study his ads.
0: Yeah, and we'll, uh, well, I mean, that that fits in with the theme of of this show, and what we teach copy Copyblogger, which is study what's come before, because there are age-old tips and and guys who have been doing it long before us that that have really paved the way. Um, And we'll put a couple links, send me over a couple of the best links, and we'll put those in the show notes as well. I will. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Lead. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. You can also email the link to a friend or tweet about the show. We would greatly appreciate it. Also, don't forget to listen to New Rainmaker. Brian Clark and Robert Bruce are redefining what a business podcast can be. Uh, Either search for New Rainmaker in iTunes or go to newrainmaker.com. You don't want to miss it. The next time Damien and I get together, we'll be discussing another topic that is essential for the readability of your blog posts, subheads. There is no excuse for your subheads being anything less than exquisite, and we'll tell you how to make them that way. So I wish I
1: was a slave to an age-old trade. Lord, have mercy on my and